to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence, preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Sugar Coated. I'm so excited to introduce my next guest to you. Her name is Jill Cruz, and she's the founder and CEO of With Your Nature Wellness and Weight Loss. Welcome to, ironically, Sugar Coated. (laughs) Jill, help us to drop the sugar coat and get sugar out of our lives and the sugar coating out of our conversation so that we can have real talk about real things. So welcome to Sugar Coated, Jill. Thank you, Adrian. I am super, super happy to be here. I love your energy and, and so much of the work that you do. Oh, thank you so much. And we saw each other recently at the She yes. Leads Live conference, which was loads of fun, uh, tons of incredible women that were there, including yourself. And I was so impressed by you, Jill. At the very last moment, I asked you to get up in front of a panel of uh, media professionals, journalists, and you know pitch your business to them. And you just freaking killed it. Oh my I was gosh. so, so impressed by it. And I said, oh, I got to get Jill on the podcast too, because she's awesome, but also because she killed it. So oh. I would love for you to talk to us a little bit about your business and what you do to help women, but you know, everybody. And what what got you into this in, in the first place? What's your journey? Okay, good. I'm glad that you didn't ask me to do that pitch again. No. <laughs> Although I know that you could. I know you could kill it. <laughs> I was like, my heart started beating again. Uh, <laughs> I mean, loudly. Uh, so what I do is I've created a company that it helps women lose weight in a healthy, sustainable, pleasurable way. Yes, I I dare to say pleasurable. (laughs) Uh, And so it it comes from my background. I mean, there's multiple aspects to it. Of course, my own personal struggles with eating in a way, you know, really having a healthy relationship with food that, Mm. that promoted me feeling healthy, but also like I'm in control. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not at the whim of the ice cream. For me, it was ice cream. So there was a lot around that. And, you know, I was uh, in functional medicine. I worked in a functional medicine practice for six years. And I kept thinking, yeah, but I want to help like prevent this stuff. I want to help prevent illness. And I kept coming back to how weight, you know, having a lot of extra body fat can uh, increase the risk for different diseases. And, you know, I've learned a lot since then. And I, my views on that have changed, but that was my original motivation was prevention. And yeah, I just, I I absolutely love, love, love helping women 
Yeah, you know, at this point, it's kind of like weight loss is like a bonus. (laughs) You know, it's really about the learning about your body, feeling more confident in your choices, understanding how to fuel your body properly, having more energy, feeling better. You know, it's, it's so much more than just, oh, you know, a number on the scale. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. A lot of the conversations that I've been having with people, whether it's on the podcast or just in life, I feel like so much of what we're doing as women is like we're re-educating ourselves. We're deprogramming all the stuff that's been put into us. I was just talking to somebody about you know, finance and having a healthy relationship with money and and wealth. And now we're talking about having a healthy relationship with like health, right? And our, our bodies, they're part of us. And we do so much to harm ourselves. And I think we do it unknowingly. And when then we, we wake up and then we're like, oh my God, I got to like reverse all of this stuff and retake back control. It, mm. it, it just, it, in a lot of ways, it makes me sad that we are having to reprogram instead of, you know, giving all of these encouraging messages and everything as we're growing up. So we don't have to relearn this stuff. But I think women that are, you know, I'll say a very broad scale, like our age, like let's say over, you know, 35, 40, I'm way past that. But we really do have to reprogram ourselves. And it's a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's true, like in so many different areas. Yeah. I I mean, I like, unfortunately, you know, I have a lot of anger, I guess you could say at this point. Uh, I know, I know I'm actually reading a book right now called Rage Becomes Her. And it's all about how women are not supposed to be angry. And we've been taught that it's not attractive to be angry. So I get a little nervous saying that, but I, I really am angry about it. That the fact that we are, I mean, I hate for anybody to take the victim role, but I think for a moment we have to just pause and say, we are kind of have been victims of this commercialization of weight loss and and health. Yes. I, the other areas are not my areas of expertise, but certainly this, I can tell you that there are many, almost all of the weight loss approaches out there, they are capitalizing and thriving on our discomfort with ourselves, our mm-hmm. desire to look like some fantasy version of, you know, what, yeah. we, what we've been taught. So it really makes me angry. And it's, it's an old way. It's, yeah. They're still doing what they were doing in the 80s. Yeah. They've transformed it a little bit, but we have to, re- and it is a lot of work, but I think we can reject that system and step into a new way of doing things, a new paradigm, really. And and once you can kind of shed those shackles and kind of be in this more loving, expansive, welcoming paradigm, it doesn't have to actually be a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think the realization that we've taken on so much and we have to do what's necessary is it, it is a little victimy, which mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm okay with saying because I feel like we've been victimized without our um, you know permission. Um, yes. And y- yes, I agree with you. It doesn't have to be work. I I it's it's so hard. It's almost like a catch twenty two. It's like the work that you do is focused on 
shedding what no longer serves us, right, including the the weight, but the shame of being, you know, overweight or having more padding than maybe we should for our health or, or how we want to feel about ourselves. There, there's so much that is caught up into that. So like, how do you help people to lose the weight without them having to feel initially like the way that they got there is shameful? Yeah. I'm, well, yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, what oftentimes I find that there's a conundrum not only in this, but in many aspects of our lives. And that is, so getting that that balance between loving and accepting what's happening and who we are, and also taking action. Hmm. There's a, it's a fine line that we, we, I invite everybody to dance because when we say, I always remember I had a client who she said to me, she said, well, unfortunately, she, she was brought up in the 70s and 80s. And when she was eight years old, her mother brought her to Weight Watchers. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, well, you know, you have to love and accept yourself and, and you also have to lose weight. And she was like, but how do I do both of those things? How do yeah. I love and accept myself and lose weight at the same time? Like this, these seem like they're at odds with each other. And I think that's kind of maybe the crux of the yeah. question there. So the shame is like what I would encourage. Now, I'm not a therapist. So sometimes people, you know, are, need to seek out professional psychotherapy. <laughs> and, you know, we, we know our scope. We're not going to get too much into that whole world of therapy. But ultimately, what I would encourage people to do is to actually love the shame. Mm. What do you mean by that? So we have been trained that when we feel a negative emotion, mm-hmm. such as being frustrated or nervous or feeling shameful or feeling guilt, that we have to get get rid of that feeling as quickly as possible. I mean, mm. it, it's uncomfortable, right? Like, I don't want to feel nervous. I don't want to feel shame. Let me get rid of it. But in when we try to push those emotions down inside of us or away, ignore them, and oftentimes, ironically, through imbibing, you know, eating food, right, to suppress our emotions, then, then we're, we're, we're saying, like, that's bad. It's bad to feel shame. We mm-hmm. think it's bad to feel shame or guilt or fear. But when we push it down, we're just ignoring it. We're not addressing it. We're not we're trying to ignore it essentially. Mm. And, and what happens when we do that is we make it stronger. Mm-hmm. But when you turn toward a negative emotion like shame, it actually loses its power. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of a practice that you can practice. I love that word. Like you can mm-hmm. actually practice. So I'll give you an example. I have had this thing since I was in probably elementary school, where on Monday morning, I wake up and I feel dread. Mm. Like, oh, it's Monday. Like, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to work. You know, I've had that for a long time, my whole life, practically. (laughs) Now, what I do when I have that feeling and I wake up in the morning, I turn toward it and I say, yeah, I'm feeling dread. I'm feeling dread. Well, let me just see what that feels like for me to have that dread. Oh, it's like this feeling in my chest and in my belly, and it's just icky, icky. And I mm. and and so instead of saying, "Oh no, Jill, hurry up and wake up," and you know, try to get rid of that dread, I actually spend a few moments feeling the dread. Mm. And what happens is it it reduces its power. 
Hmm. Now I'm in control of the dread as opposed to the dread being in control of me. So that's, this is pretty advanced stuff. We, we got right into the. <laughs> I love it. Well, we, we need to, we need to get to, to, to the crux of it because I, I, I love what you're saying so much because, you know, the word that keeps coming up in my head as you're talking is clues, right? It gives us clues. It allows us yes. to inquire, like, what is this dread about? Like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling it here, but why? And I think once we can understand why and why we're feeling it, we then can use our logical mind to talk us out of what's, what's yes. not talk us out of, that's the, so the wrong word, but to have an understanding and maybe a compassion about mm-hmm. where the dread is coming from. Exactly. I'm it's sure something signal. happened, right? <laughs> something right. happened that made you feel dread in the first place. And it's a well-worn path for you. It's a familiar right. feeling. It's your habit, yeah. right? For lack of a better word. And, it, it, you know, you, we just have to, you know, figure out what, what that is so that we can move through it, move past it. Right. Exactly. I I call them, I call it a signal. So it's a signal. Like you said, it's Mm -hmm. a clue. Same kind of thing, because there's actually a lesson within the shame and there's Mm -hmm. a lesson within the dread or the fear or the worry. And that is, if we ignore it, when we, this is another thing, if we ignore it, the lesson usually comes at us harder and stronger Mm -hmm. and crazier. (laughs) And we have to keep you know, fighting it and fighting it. And it's like, well, if we could just turn toward it and say, wow, what's going on here? And I'll tell you straight up what's going on with me when I feel that dread, I still feel it sometimes, is my feeling of inadequacy. I feel like I'm not good enough. Mm. That's that I'm socialization. not smart enough. That is socialization. Because totally. you are beyond good enough and beyond smart enough and beyond intelligent enough and right. beyond everything enough. And like that, that sucks. That, you know, someone who is so amazing has, has those feelings and they don't come from us entirely that they're, they're supported by us because we believe the nonsense that's out there, but that's socialization. And that makes me angry. (laughs) 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 So we want to talk about like what pisses us off. We can go there. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's, I see it now. I'm more and more getting into that zone where I just see it as again, like a signal because I'm aware. I'm thank goodness. You know, I'm so appreciative that I'm aware that I have that unconscious belief that was, that I inherited along the yes. years. Yes. And so actually that's what makes leaning into the dread possible is that I can now lean in and go, I'm feeling dread. I'm feeling dread. Oh yeah. That's that thing where I, I, rem- I think that I'm not good enough and I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried that people are not going to like me or I'm not going to do well in my work. And yeah. you know what? Why am I doing my work? Oh, right, because I love what I do and I'm passionate about what I do and I want to help people. Now, yeah. see, I went from feeling dread to being excited. Right, and not even and, worrying about you. It, it's shifting right. it toward how, how you are helping other people and that's why you exactly. do what you do. Yeah, yes. I love so now that. I can wake up on Monday morning being like, oh, and the other thing is I often, mm. I'll give you another example, like public speaking, I get would get really nervous before doing public speaking. And I, it's almost, it's so minimal now because 
what I've done is I would turn toward that nervousness and say, okay, I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling nervous. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling nervous. Why am I feeling nervous? Oh, right. I really care what people think about me. And sometimes right. I think I'm not good enough. And I, I'm, I don't want to screw this up. This is important to me. Right. So that, again, it brings you, it gives you that opening, like you said, that opening to kind of move through it and learn mm. about yourself. So how does all of this kind of relate to, you know, working <laughs> with your nature and, and weight loss? How, how does that tie together? In In so many ways. So so many ways. So first of all, our nervous, how we think and how we feel is in integrated with our nervous system. So people know about like the fight or flight way that we respond to things or the, the so-called opposite, which would be rest and digest. Mm. So when I'm fighting my feelings or I'm stressed out and I'm overwhelmed and I'm kind of ignoring that and just leaning into eating food or whatever, mm -hmm. my nervous system is activated in that more st stressful state, right? The fight or flight state. And when we are in that fight or flight state, weight loss is becomes more difficult. Mm -hmm. Now, if you get have a stressful day, it's not a big deal. But if you're day to day to day, every day feeling that chronic stress, it's going to compromise your ability to lose weight mm -hmm. in multiple ways. Number one, when you're stressed, you, we make poorer decisions. Our decision making is compromised when we're stressed. So yeah, that's why that is literally why we we know I, I should not eat this friggin' brownie, but I don't <laughs> care right now. I'm going to eat the brownie. I'm stressed yeah. out. We've all had that, right? Yeah. So w that's our prefrontal cortex going offline and our emotional world and our lower brain kind of driving us to make poor decisions. So that's one way. Another is that, and, and so yes, there, there are many ways that being in that chronic stress state can compromise weight loss, including cortisol being elevated. That's the stress hormone, which raises our blood sugar, which eventually blocks fat burning. So there's, there's a couple different ways that, that, that stress can affect us. But also, if I'm allowing my emotions and allowing myself to be who I am, I think that's part of it, right? When you say, okay, shame, I have shame. Okay, I'm going to accept that about myself. The more that you allow and accept things to occur, the, the better your relationship is going to be with your body and with food. Yeah. Two things that you said are like hitting me. First is, you know, this concept in, in yoga that I heard a really long time ago. And it was, it, it actually happened when, when I was doing something, I got emotional. And instead of the yoga teacher, you know, sort of saying like, oh, it's okay, don't worry. You know, mm -hmm. th it, this concept came up that has stuck with me and it's let it flow, let the tears flow, let it flow yes. and let it go. Like, mm. it's the same thing. Lean into the emotion, you know, inquire about it. Let it flow and let it go, which mm -hmm. I, I feel like you just talked about allowing, right? And then I've heard these two concepts before, and this is going to sound very rudimentary, but that you, you said it like this very quickly, but it is so impactful. The opposite of fight and flight is rest and digest. The opposite. I've never heard it like that before. Hmm. I, I don't know. This is hitting me like a, a ton of bricks. When you are in, you know, fight or flight, you literally cannot rest and digest. So it's almost like that's the key. 
Yes, it is the key. It is yeah. the key. It's it's actually the key to everything. Because when you can function, we, when we got on the call, I was telling you before we started recording that I've been doing this hypnotherapy, which some people might think is woo-woo, but whatever. You can get it through being on vacation. You can get it through yoga or meditation or breathwork or prayer. However, you can get to that state of rest and digest, which means that your nervous system is in the parasympathetic mode. So it's, you know, exactly what we said. Your body is open to rest and digest and sexual reproductive function. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, lots of that, the good juicy stuff, healing occurs when we're in that state. So when you are in that state, everything's operating better in your body. Mm. Everything. It's not just your brain. It's all of your, every cell in your body is, I, I'm going to put this in air quotes, aware Mm-hmm. of which, where your nervous system is. If, yeah. Is it in fight or flight or is it in rest and digest? It, it, your entire body knows it immediately. It's mm-hmm. instantaneous. So, and you, and anybody can, you can see the proof of that if you're driving and someone pulls out in front of you, it's your entire body reacts instantaneously, yeah. right? <laughs> so these are beyond, um, you know, hor- hormones. These are electrical yeah, messages that are occurring in- instantaneously. So when everything is calm and in that healing state, everything works better. Your mm. ability to burn fat works better. Mm. And there's a lot of research on how um, the stress state turns off fat burning beyond mm. cortisol's functions. So there's a lot to this and really all healing uh, has to occur when your state, when your body's in that state, that parasympathetic state. Yeah. And all of these other programs, Weight Watchers, Jenny, Craig, they focus so much on food, calories. And listen, that's important. We know that, right? You can't go consuming tons and tons of calories and expect to lose weight. But when you just look at just that, you're looking Mm -hmm. at a piece of the puzzle. And Uh, you know, I've I've been through all of those programs, and they work, right? They they work because of the the equation of it. But do they work for the rest of your life? No, or else you would never keep going back to you know Weight Watchers or doing this cleanse or or whatever the heck it is. You're trying yeah. to you, you you are solving a temporary problem. You're putting the band aid on it, but you're not addressing the underlying you know functionality of what's right. happening there. Yeah. So I, the way yeah. that I the way that I describe that is, and I kind of alluded to it earlier in the conversation, the the I call it the 1980s model. That's mm-hmm. they have created a context that's based in fear. Yeah. And relying on you feeling shame about your yeah. body. It's yeah. necessary for their success. Yeah. And also by the way, they expect you to fail only well, we won't go into that, but a small percentage of people actually lose the weight and keep it off. Very yeah. small. So so it's based in a context of fear, shame, guilt. Uh, I'm not enough. <laughs> yep. I'm not good enough. I don't like the way I look. I like to think of it as like a garden. Mm. The, the context that we are creating is based in love. Mm. So it's a completely different context in which you're approaching your health. And so when you're in that love context, that more expansive, freeing, fun, pleasurable context, mm. the content 
which is how many calories you eat and if you how much protein you eat and all that stuff, that's just content. Mm. And it becomes less important. Those that context over there, they're having all of us fight about vegan or vegetarian or Mediterranean or paleo or keto. Everybody's focused on the content. Mm-hmm. It does the content doesn't matter if yeah. you're in the wrong context. Right. Oh, that's good. The content doesn't matter if you're in the wrong context. I love that so much. And I also love, it's like starting from the place of, of love. That's, that's such a beautiful, powerful energy, right? Yeah. Yes, the fear, the fight or flight, that can be very powerful too. That can, you know, sometimes yes. really propel us forward, but it's, it is temporary, Yes. It doesn't sustain. Love sustains. Love grows, right? Love deepens. And mm-hmm. if we can have those relationships with our self, then that is going to, I think, also emanate out from us as well. Yeah. I yeah. just, uh, this is such a novel uh, approach and it's one that you do not hear about at all. So how are you getting this message of, you know, love and, and, and love and loss, <laughs> right? Love and loss out there. <laughs> well, a people, it resonates with people when they hear it for sure. Mm. Um, I, from the business perspective, because I know that that's part of the focus of this podcast, it's, it's challenging. It's challenging because so many, we've all been programmed to go right into that context, the content piece, you know, like what, well, you know, how am I going to do this? And so, uh, you know, I love, I have a podcast too, which is hosted on your platform. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, people can check it out, but um, that is one way that I think is, is really interesting to start to shift that mindset because ultimately, Adrian, I want to change the world. And we all do as entrepreneurs, I think we all do. So the question is, how do I convey that message in a way that people are ready, you know, people can receive it. Yeah. And one of the things that I talk about is, you know, are we, we're solving the wrong problem. Yeah. Like the weight, the weight is not the problem. It's just a symptom. Yeah. So, you know, I've used various things over the, over the years, um, you know, I really, it's, it's a, it's a labor of love. Oftentimes, I mean, I, I, my business is successful. Yes. And I would like to grow it 10 times what it is now. So, you know, just really reaching out to people, creating community. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have, we're on Mighty Networks now. Great. Great. Yeah. People can join that. Yeah, I actually have right now, we just started the Love Challenge, which is a 12-day self-guided challenge that people can do. Very easy, very simple little tools that you get um, like every two days or so. So anybody can join in in that. And I think community is so important. Like we have to get together and, and support each other because the rest of the world is still in that fight or flight, you know, fear-based focus. So uh, I think it can feel kind of lonely for people. However, with guide with the right guidance in the community, I think that it's like it's like oh, I can do that. Like yeah. I can actually enjoy the process. So it's it, it may feel a little mm-hmm. bit like oh, my friends are doing things differently. But ultimately, that power that you have when you have that when you come from that place is 
There's no drug or no food in the world that can compare to it. You're so it's right. It's wonderful. Yeah. You know, it again, I, I feel like we're touching on some of these things that are happening like universally. And the conversation that I just had earlier today was a, a lot about how a lot of times women, again, all sweeping statements, not everybody is like this or thinks like this, but in many cases, we as women wait for something to almost be proven so, so that we can have mm -hmm. a deep understanding of it before we then maybe engage with it, okay? And what is happening now, I think, is that women are waking up to the fact that we need to sort of get in on some of these things in the early stages so that we can form and shape them. Yes. And I think maybe because it was so pervasive, like this whole, you know, fear-based marketing, fear-based everything, right? Fear, mm -hmm. you need this product to solve this thing that's wrong with you. I, I think we're waking up to the fact of that that was all bullshit. Even yeah. though we bought into it, it was bullshit. And now what can we do differently? So not everybody's ready, Right. But there are people who are ready. So where are those people? And I do think that using community to be able to say, hey, you know, do you think like this? I think like this. You know, how can we support one another? As women, this is what we do best. Yes. Yeah. And Mighty Networks is women-owned. Too. I'm I pretty know. I'm, so, you know, they cr have created that. And the thing is that my entire, I guess you could say, marketing is geared toward women. Yeah. All of our clients are women. I like that. I want us to create this because we are, again, I don't want anybody to sit in victim mode too long, but we are victims of this system and we are the only ones who are going to get ourselves out of it. No one's going right. to do it for, no man is going to do it for us because they don't know what it's like for us no. to, since, since age six to get, or four even, get those messages that we have to look this way in order to be valuable. Yeah. What come I'm 52 years old. I've been I've been stewing in those messages my entire life as a woman. So no one's doing it for us. We have to get together. Yeah. And I'll 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 also just go back to your other question about how I'm kind of getting out there in the world and I want to use the title of your podcast. You know what? I'm not sugarcoating it anymore. Yeah. And I was for a long time. I me didn't too. understand. <laughs> yeah. And I tell you, I mean, Kent helped me with this or my coach. He, you know, he really helped me. I realized that, you know, how I was when I was 20, I had forgotten about that. I was kind of like a little irreverent, a little, you know, mm -hmm. out yep. of the box kind of. And and I've brought that back and it feels good to me. And I I invite anybody who's listening, like remember who you are. And, and it yeah. changes, of course, but I think there are certain things inside of us that are constant throughout our lives. Yep. And let's bring that out to the surface. So in when I interact, whether it's on this podcast or a blog post or whatever it is, I'm more and more just being myself. I'm not trying yeah. to sell or market or anything. I'm just like, hey, this is what I believe. 
come over here if it sounds good to you. (laughs) I love that so much. And I I think that that is exactly what this podcast is. It is about, you know, cracking that sugar coating that was piled on us layer after layer after layer in our lives. I mean, I, I, what, what you're saying really resonates with me because I too was, you know, I, I used to say, say like a little bit of a rebel, right? I mean, I, I wasn't the motorcycle jacket wearing, you know, emo, I think what they call it now. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> but I always had divergent thinking and I, I always sort of questioned things. It was, it was something that was written in my report cards from when I was in second grade. Adrian asks a lot of questions. And I did that so that I could have a deeper understanding so that then I could see relationships between things. And that curiosity in me was tamped down in mm. corporate America. I was literally told to shut up. Or, or to stop asking those questions because the questions that I would ask would get to the heart of the matter and kind of show that there was a lot of bullshit that was happening. But people just wanted to continue, you know, perpetuating the bullshit because it's easier, right? And so you had to do yeah. things in order to fit in and that puts coating sugar or shit on you (laughs) that is, is it's heavy to carry around and you start to believe that you are not good enough because you don't fit into their particular paradigm. And it's one of the reasons that I am so very passionate about entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship gives you the vessel to do something different but there are challenges with entrepreneurship because you are sort of paving the way and not everybody is on the same page with you. So I admire anybody who has chosen the path of entrepreneurship. And when you can kind of, you know, bring in something that is truly helping like a large group of people solve a problem, then you know, you're on the right path and it just might take a little bit longer. It might be a little bit more challenging, but I mean, I just think that the work you're doing is freeing on so many levels because if we can kind of shed the weight of what's holding us down and, and like get our, get our minds away from that, like who the freak cares, right? Mm -hmm. What size Mm -hmm. you are. And, and if we, we use our minds and our creativity and, and our relationship ab- ability, imagine what we could do when we're, yeah. when we're not focused on all, all of that. Yeah, and, and the important thing to remember is that negativity towards yourself, like that judgment, uh, that criticism, it does not lead to better work. It does not lead to more productivity and more creativity. As a matter of fact, it shuts it down. So just from a logical perspective, if you could figure out a way to dampen down that self-sabotage talk and get your body, your, your nervous system in that nice, calmer state, that more relaxed state, that's where the creativity is. 
Yeah. And the productivity. You are so much better with your clients. You make yeah. better decisions. You have all these, you know, creative ideas that flow to you. You're a better problem solver when you take care of yourself in that way, which is fundamentally to allow and accept. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot. We talked about all of it. Go back and listen to the podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all that stuff that we said. Yeah, do all that. Um, and yeah. it's a process. You know, I'm not going to say that I jump out of bed like, hey, Jill's the best. You know, I already shared with you. I still have this dread thing that I wake up with sometimes. So it's a journey. You know, yeah. it's a journey. And being an entrepreneur is a journey. But it's a beautiful journey. It is. If we can just, you know, take a couple deep breaths and then get the support we need and support each other. And not compare ourselves to these billion dollar unicorn companies that <sighs> in the end, we see that they might not be everything that they, you know, portend mm -hmm. to be. Yeah. So Jill, how can people get to know you more, obviously your podcast, but how can they sign up for this challenge? I know that you do several challenges. I, I, I participated in one. It was a lot of fun. Get up and get up and walk. I, I loved that. Yes. Um, so how can people get to know you, get to know your program and work with you? I honestly, I think the best way is to check out the podcast because I'm, I'm all over the place in that thing. <laughs> and sometimes I have guests, sometimes I speak alone and, and that's a great way to get to know me. But I think really, uh, entering into the love challenge, it's, it, it's just running all the time. So you can start whenever you want great. and then become part of the community because it's not really about me. It's mm -hmm. about us. And so I want all of us to, to do this together and get that, that mutual support. So definitely the love challenge. And, you know, once you're kind of in the fold, either through that or on my email list, you know, you can go to my website. It's winweightloss.com. That's W-Y-N for with your nature. Mm -hmm. And we, I do uh, lunch and learns, which, you know, pretty much monthly. Those are free calls. We talk about different topics. So there's so much that um, I'm, I'm kind of creating as a community that I think is a, that's the best way to get to know me and, and a whole new way of living, actually. I love it. I love it, Jill. Thank you so much. It's been so wonderful spending this little amount of time with you. And I just really appreciate you sharing all of your wisdom with everybody. I, I took away so much from this today, even though, you know, we've, we've spoken so many times uh, the the, you know, rest and digest cannot happen when you're in fight or flight is, is, is like one of the main lessons that I'm taking away from awesome. this. Um, and I am joining the love challenge. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Thank you. The She Leads Podcast Network.